Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home, a podcast memoir by M.K. Lott. So, this episode is going to be a bit of a detour from the regularly scheduled programming. Um, I decided for a while to do some shorter, more hypnotherapy and mindset-focused episodes to help you learn how things work a little more clearly. Sound good? I mean, you don't really have an option, but sound good? Great! Let's get started. Now, this is a topic that has been fresh on my mind recently, because I've heard it at least three times in the past few months, which is a lot when you consider the fact that I've never had this conversation at all before 2022. But I've had the conversation where somebody asks me if I can picture things in my head. Most people, like me, say yes, but there are some who have the sudden realization, sometimes horrific realization, that they actually can't picture things in their head. And it's different for every person who experiences this phenomenon, at least the people that I've talked to. For example, if you were to ask someone who can't picture things to picture an apple, some people will see the word apple, others will think up the characteristics all sprawled out, like they'll think of the color red or even the concept of red, the shape of a circle, the texture of an apple, the shine of an apple, etc. And they can analytically combine those together to say, if I mix all these things together, it will bring me something that constitutes an apple. And then there are some people who don't see anything at all. They'll just say, all I see is what's behind my eyelids, but I know what an apple is. There's no clear idea in their head, but they can spot it in a lineup. And there is a name for this, oddly enough, according to my research. And that name is aphantasia. And the official definition for it is simply, aphantasia is a phenomenon in which people are unable to visualize imagery. That's it. Now, a follow-up question is, is there something wrong because my mind works like this? And I gotta say, as someone who works in the world of mindset, but not necessarily psychology, I'm gonna be a little bold and say, no, there's nothing wrong. The simple explanation is the way everybody thinks and perception in general is so unique and diverse that it's impossible to normalize anything because your experience is your experience and no one else can take that away from you. As a hypnotherapist, this is something that I didn't realize I had training in and it really helps me get a better idea of how this worked in my head. Some of the wording we've got to use, or at least I learned how to use in our trances is, now I want you to visualize or imagine. And then we go into the rest of the trance. But the option there is the most important part. This is before I really figure out how to work with a client, but as a hypnotherapist, it's helpful to give people the option because there's no pressure to do one or the other. Just whatever works and whatever resonates with you. And here's a trick, which is why aphantasia isn't weird. Not everyone can visualize, but everyone can imagine. Imagination is more abstract and vague, so therefore, there's a wider range of options and understanding of what imagination could be and what it could be perceived as. So if anything, based on that idea, aphantasia is actually more of the norm because you don't necessarily need a perfect image. 
and you'll almost never get a perfect image of what it is you're thinking of. In a weird way, we all experience aphantasia since it's very rare to get an absolutely perfect image of something in our head. Or, I guess, a perfect fantasia. Let's call it that. I will say, though, that people who experience aphantasia, from my experience, tend to be more inferential, which basically means they can create connections more easily in their head. This probably comes from the example earlier of imagining all the details about something rather than the actual thing itself. They were able to infer that an apple has specific characteristics, and they could imagine what those would look like together. If you want to see what this looks like in action, there's actually a YouTube channel called Jazza, which is basically an Australian artist who tries different art mediums where some of their videos actually involve creating a character or a monster based off of solely the description from the original source materials that the character or creature came from. Some of them are very accurate to what we know them as, and some of them are nowhere close. But it's a good example of inferring things based off of individual details rather than building up an entire amalgamated visual. Basically, this is the difference between inferring something and taking something literally. And on the other end of the spectrum, so you get a better idea, people who visualize things are more likely to be literal in the way they learn and respond. If you ask them a question, for example, they're going to answer based on the way you worded the question, rather than what you're specifically wanting them to answer. An example, a real-life example, would be something my history teacher in middle school would ask some of the kids over and over again as a joke because he thought he was funny. Where was the Declaration of Independence signed? And every kid that he picked would say Philadelphia. Instinctively. And he would say, no, on the bottom. While both are technically correct, the kids inferred that the teacher was talking about the location of the event of the signing whereas the teacher was actually talking about what part of the paper did the ink and quill land on. A literal question that would definitely get a little answer would be, in what city was the Declaration of Independence signed? Now, I get what he was trying to do, but no one laughed because we were 12 and full of angst, which is probably a punk rock ballad waiting to happen. But as an adult, this is actually a good thing to note if you want to have better conversations or even be charismatic depending on how you use it, because you do have to use it wisely. Answering literally can build your wit and your banter, which means you're more fun to talk to. Like recently, I had to see my therapist because, wouldn't you know it, therapists see other therapists, and I skipped lunch so I went over to the snacks where they're just kind of huddled in the back of the office and there was a guy who was kind of known for having a dry sense of humor but being playful, meaning well, he just makes the work environment fun. So he comes up to me and he says, what the hell are you doing? Getting lunch, I said. Coffee's for closers, he responds. Now I knew what he was referring to. He was quoting a play or movie, depending on which one you saw first, called Glengarry Glen Ross. But I responded with, glad I picked trail mix then. And I got a chuckle, and I value that chuckle immensely because he doesn't make it easy to get a laugh out of him. 
but it doesn't take much. All I had to tell him was what I was literally doing, but there's an element of surprise and simplicity, so next time, try to find a way to implement that. And I'm pretty sure, again, it all depends on how you use it, but it'll yield good results for you. Now, as someone who's experienced both sides, which is aphantasia, so no visual imagery, and hyperphantasia, which is where the images are so vivid you start to experience it through other senses. Like for me, I was able to hear and feel the images that I was experiencing. Aphantasia was daunting to me because my mind was at a complete blank compared to being able to see and visualize and have certain imagery. Now, I would notice, to be all honest, I would notice that aphantasia is more likely to happen to me when I'm sleep deprived, and maybe that's something to look into for you guys out there. But in fact, when I would meditate, I would start to set up different colored lights in my room or turn on the TV and have something active with the sound off so I could simulate something. But for the most part, I would just see whatever's behind my eyelids. And at first it felt like I was losing a skill I had, or even like a, a power if you subscribe to the whole spirituality thing. But despite that, I actually found that physiologically I was getting the same results that I would get when I would visualize something. It was just a route to the same place. So here's a really good way to kind of figure out on a broader level what benefits can come from meditating or being hypnotized if you have aphantasia. You're more likely to infer the suggestions that come in and you'll be able to make connections in your brain that will make more sense to you and because your brain is so powerful it will start to connect things and find conclusions on its own rather than having a literal command being sent to it. So for example if I tell you to relax, some people are going to have the actual feeling and reaction of relaxing. But if I just say the word calm, some people are likely to become calmer. Now this would be an inferred suggestion because you can't actually calm your body. You can relax it. You can relax specific parts of your body, you can relax your mind, but calm is a more abstract idea, but inferred thinkers, let's call them, can connect calm to a specific reaction. So when it comes to aphantasia, that idea of connection is still there. It's just done a little differently, and obviously there's no imagery involved yet the results will still kind of show up in the same way, just through different methods. <clears throat> so if you can't picture something in your head, I challenge you to see what actually happens when you imagine or try to visualize something in your head. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't expect a certain outcome. Just see what happens. Then figure out how you can use it to your advantage in learning how other people work or what other people are actually saying. I guarantee you the benefits will be pretty useful. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost so you can find your way home. 
I know it was a little unconventional, but I hope this episode still leaves you better than I found you, and if you'd like to have some help figuring out how your mind works and how you can use it to your benefit, feel free to reach out at mklotprohobbyist on Instagram, and I would love to help in any way I can. Thank you as always, and until next time, here's to finding your way.